KXSFLP San Francisco and KXSF.FM. KXSFLP San Francisco 102.5 FM. The Friday morning frequencies in the house. And thanks to our frequency partners, San Francisco Public Press, for holding it down for the last six hours. If you're joining us on the FM, and I do believe the transmitter is still down, so you're probably here on the World Wide Web at KXSF.FM, but we are still coming on. KXSFLP San Francisco, if you're on the web, thanks to Scott for holding down that early replay. And... uh, Got a little fela in the background, as is perhaps appropriate. But tonight and today, we're looking forward to a conversation and a featuring the work of Chief Zion Atunde Ajua. You might know him as Chief Christian Scott, having a name change, a deep and uh, deep and long conversation. We'll hopefully get most of it through. You know, an architect of new sound and jazz, stretch music, entrepreneur, instrument maker, and an amazing musician going deep and wide. Hopefully a little before the 11 o'clock hour is the intention, maybe by 10.45. I love tickets for that show. He's coming through town in Yoshi's. Also a sample, a short sample of the uh, incredible work of electronic music pioneer Morton Sabotnik. Uh, coming through to uh, Gray Area over the weekend. Uh, no, actually, next Thursday. Um, and doing his final work. Uh, a beautiful piece that I heard previewed a few years back before the pandemic. We'll talk to Not Human, the producer of that show, and electronic music pioneer himself. So that's a brief thing at 11.15. But I think I wanted to also give some props to our Poet Laureate, Congo Eisen Martin, who is uh, just releasing a, uh, a poetry record and uh, some brilliant stuff uh, and is having a opening party, a release party with several amazing poets, who some of whom have been on the show, the band Fake Fruit at Great American on Saturday. But I'm going to start off the, the day with that. Some, some poetics. This is from uh, a new video but uh, and a remix but uh, back a few years back, the band Lone, which includes Chris Peck, and the words of our poet laureate, Tongo Eisen Martin, will start here today. Good morning. Here's this. Maybe a good amount of stage with Charlie's in the last 20 years or while. church bell out of a bank window kitchens meant more to the masses back in the day and before that we had no enemy somewhere in america the prison bus is running on time you won't lose that job before the revolution hits somewhere i won't be home for breakfast everyone out here 
here now knows my name and I won't be turned against for at least four months. The cop in the picket line is a hardworking rookie. The sign in my hands is getting more and more laughs. It says the picket line got cops in it. I can take care of those windows for you if you want, but somebody else got to go inside your gas tank. It was clear to the man that rich people would talk too much this year. Go ahead, throw down that marble park bench everyone's looking up at, you know. Get the Romans out of your mind. Maybe a good night's sleep would have changed the last 20 years of my life. Playing an instrument is like punching a wall. What would you have me do? Replace the population? Get brotherhood back to the winter? Stop smoking cigarettes with the barely dead? You know, they listen in on the Sabbath. Police called the police on me. It was a white candlestick beneath my detention. I rolled the soup again, thought the judge, as he took off his pilgrim robe behind the white people's door and more. I didn't get lucky, I got what was coming to me. He told, fight me back, the man said, of course, to himself. Washing windows with a will to live. Tin can on his left shoulder, enjoying the bright brand new blight. With all party goers, both supernatural and supernaturally down to earth. What is this elevator traveling side to side? Like 1,000 bitter Polaroid pictures that you actually try to eat. All the furniture on this street is nailed to the cement cheap furniture, but we got commitment. This morning, an essay opens the conversation between enemies. Why? Because you control every grain of processed sugar between here and the poor man's border. Because in a tin can on my left shoulder, I can hear the engines of deindustrialization. Man, you should get in the painting, you know. Tell lies more deeply. This month, I'm rooting for the traitor. Carding cement to my pillow, here we will build. I'm high again, not talking much. Would you climb up the organ pipes to our apartment floor? High again, calling everything church. Singing along to a courtyard. Thanks to a horn player's holy pastime. Man, I'm just putting a real jacket on it. I talk about a real five years. Keep memories like these in the pocket next to the toe receipt. That man lost a wager with the god of good causes, you know. Sit up on a little too late, maybe too early. I can still see 20 angles of his jaw zigzagging through the cold world of deindustrialization. There's an art to it. I will tell my closest friends one day. Tongo Eisen Martin and Lone Chris Beck, and now a little K Tempest. Some priority boredom. New music is your line is a curve. Stay tuned for. You're on brigade and self-esteem Say it like you really mean to mean it Build your life around a secret Build your secrets into waiting games Any day they'll string you up They'll hose you down They'll nose around in all your things You swim, you swim, you hope to drown Devastate and implicate Vindicated by your tribe, you come alive online, you die a couple times, it's fine, plug in the other drive, sign above the knotted line, I'm fine, you're fine, we are, we're fine, we'll catch up some other time, sign ascending signals, five contenders will divide the kingdom, nights resemble afternoons at home, with all your worst positions thrown into the harshest light, to be known and loved, 
to be known and loved to be known and loved it's so disgusting man i've had enough kiss off the day with a mute mouth past the commute i can die faster than you build up resilience build up views but you can't build for long on a partial truth kiss off the day with a mute mouth past the commute like i can die faster than you build up resilience build up views but you can't build for long on a partial truth priority boredom and all that you thought was important is gorging itself in the corner four courses of forced absorption in the same old discourse of the dominant order all that you want is to rise from the flotsam and shine and be wanted say something witty that makes us important allot me my portion a pound of wet flesh ground down by distortion how can i sustain the pace keep trucking i can see the self i can't bear to face born lucky more courage more disdain anything at all for a name fame self for sale brand new self with an origin myth and skin in the game all i want to be is the not that goes against the grain like every other self who wants the same now kiss off the day with a mute mouth past the commute like i can die faster than you build up resilience build up views but you can't build for long on a partial truth kiss off the day with a mute mouth past the commute i can die faster than you build up resilience build up views but you can't build for long on a partial truth KXSF is provided by Rainbow Grocery, a worker-owned cooperative that has been serving San Francisco vegetarian food and providing a model for sustainable living since 1975. Rainbow is located at 1745 Folsom Street. Visit them online at rainbow.coop. KXSF would like to thank Rainbow Grocery for its continued support. Thank you, Rainbow. Thank you, all of you out there in Radioland. This is KXSFLP San Francisco, the frequency uplift. Well, actually, the Friday morning frequencies. I have my my evenings and such messed up there. We heard uh, K Tempests again. Priority boredom from the line is a curve. And lone Tongo Ice and Martin Chris Peck, Church Bell from their Blue Phase record from 2020, and. Uh, a bunch of great poets, uh, Josiah E. Flor and uh, uh, Mr., of course, Tongo Eisen Martin, the band Fake Fruit, at Great American uh, tomorrow, a record release party for this first poetry record. In the back, we'll play this out, Sky of Cloudless Sulfur, from Morton Sabotnik. And he's coming to perform one of his last works, but we'll hear for a minute in uh in uh with uh, Mr. Not Human we'll play this out
And and that is until spring. We've heard two segments from that, or partial uh, two partial segments. Um, uh, before that, the sky of cloudless sulfur. And I am blessed and honored to have in the studio, by the miracle of Zoom, uh, Mr. Not Human, a San Francisco-based composer, curator. Hi, how are you, Not? Good. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm from uh, Recombinant Media Labs. We just did a month's worth of shows here at the Gray Area Venue on 23rd Admission in San Francisco. And now for this month, we have the miracle of having 89-year-old Morton Sabotnik come to the venue this coming Thursday night, doors at 7, performances at 8, and then we're showing a documentary on his entire life after the live performance. Mm. So who you just heard will be playing a lot of that stuff live with a brand new piece called As I Live and Breathe. It's so new that there's not even an album made of it yet. It's coming from a live composition, which will be his final one, he claims. Mm. Because if you and I can be doing that good when we're 89 years old, we're going to be rocking it. And he is rocking, rocking it in terms of electronic music and rhythms and the kinds of ideas you were getting from the sounds that you just played, which was from an earlier project from years ago. And this is the As I Live and Breathe is the name of it. And it all has to do with the breath, starting off with vocalizations that trigger electronic sounds and rhythms of the kind you were you were just mm-hmm. getting an earful of on the radio. And uh, um, uh, for those interested in going, it's going to be at the uh, grayarea.org website if you're interested in coming for tickets and things like that. Great. So just trying to get the logistics going here. So people interested in this kind of stuff and seeing it in real time with a visualist, Lillivan from Germany, who's worked with Christian Fenez, who we presented two years ago in our recombinant festival, is coming along and doing a whole AV kind Mm. of uh, collaboration. He's been working with uh, Lillivan from Berlin now for about 12 years. Well, I saw a, a really early version of that, I imagine, in your in the Gray Area and the Recombinant Festival before the pandemic, back, I think, in 2019. Yes, on, in 2019. When I last had you. one of the last times. And that was to feature Silver Apples of the Moon. Exactly. Which was an early composition from Morton Sabotnik that he's updated that started in the mid-60s. So he, he heralds back all the way up and all the way back to that time zone. And he was here in the Bay Area back in the mid-60s, working on the San Francisco Tate Music Center over right. at Mills College and in the city of San Francisco. With was, a founder, was a founder of that. Yeah, well. he, was, he and Ramon Sender, who was another composer, partnered up and created that whole endeavor, which there's you know recordings and mm. books out on that topic. So back then, he, he, he put together an electronic piece called Silver Apples of the Moon, and the last time you were there, he did a rendition of that. And then a brand new piece, which was called As I Live and Breathe. And that was the beginnings of that. Now he's expanded it. And it's really uh, become uh, quite an hors d'oeuvre in terms of what he's about to present. And he's mm. already played it in New York 
Montreal and L.A. So we're bringing it up here in San Francisco before he goes off to Europe. Well, it was a, it was a remarkable performance, and I really did appreciate the his his youth of his, his use of his breath and just the amazing sound and and such a pioneer between the the Tate Music Center between uh, beginning the uh, California uh, Institute for the Arts in L.A. One of the initial founders and really the, yeah, I, I really I went a, to Cal Arts. That's where I met him oh, as yeah? a student. Right you know, on. I was in his class, and he was showing. His Buchla uh, modular patch of how he was doing the record that came out at that time called Touch. Mm. And that was after Silver Apples of the Moon. So he's put out a lot of projects. So you can call As I Live and Breathe a summation of many of the sounds and things from all the years kind of compacted in, in, into a new realization, mm. which is a triggered a lot from his own voice and then becoming and being transformed into electronic uh, sounds in the process. So again, Morton Sabotnik performing one of his last pieces at the gray area in the mission uh, between 23rd and 22nd, I believe. And we yeah, do have tickets. It's right near the corner of 23rd and Mission. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, you know, a brilliant performance as well as a documentary, at least a documentary portion uh, about his life, about his extraordinary pioneering work in electronic music. Um, Really worth seeing if you have any love of electronic music and of pioneering sounds and of what the breath is. I would highly recommend you guys check out Morton Sabotnik as as an originator. Yeah, he's a, he yeah he's he's an OG that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> of this genre. Yeah. And and there's many people from all walks of you know life. Those even you know into techno or experimental or even noise things. He combines that all together and he's doing great. Mm. He, he's, he's keeping it, the integrity and the, the forward motion in, fully intact. So it, it's an exciting show and anybody curious uh, definitely can come down and, uh, and check it out on Thursday night doors at seven shows at eight. And then we show the documentary at nine o'clock after his show. Excellent. Uh, which is done by Wave Shaper Media, who some of you might be familiar with. I Dream of Wires about mm -hmm. all those synth guys, and they have now finished a documentary. We're showing an excerpt of it because next year it's going to be premiered in Berlin, the entire full length. So you're getting a special preview of uh, a lot of his life, which is over a half hour long. Excellent. Well, looking yeah, forward. To, looking forward to that. We do have tickets, so okay, if, great. You know, if you. Uh, if you want uh, and you're interested, I'm going to play, I think, um, it's not one of his electronic pieces necessarily, but, but uh, uh, as what he's most known for, but Falling Leaves, uh, he has an amazing website detailing his uh, work at mortensabotnik.com. Uh, and again, if you don't get these tickets, check out not, again, the web address for looking at the gray area performance yeah, 26 uh, uh, 2665 uh mission street right near the corner at the gray area marquee of 23rd and mission i think most people mm. know where that is you can take the bart over a block away so it's easy from the east bay too and uh it, it should be quite the gathering uh and uh he couldn't make the mills college closing concerts so he came to this one instead, and we're all happy to have him here. Well, I'm excited and, to... And he is going to do a question and answer after the film is over. Oh, that'll to be talk, amazing. So you can talk directly and ask Morton questions at the end of the evening. So I'm going to play, while we, while we do this uh, 
while we do this take a giveaway again this is for morton sabotnik performing his uh new work and his really a life summation work as i live and breathe with surround sound and light of av by uh, lillivan at the gray area thursday june 3rd 8 p.m show seven doors i'm going to play falling leaves and uh Amazing yes, penis. Since I've heard that, that's a that's an interesting choice. Yeah. Um, but we'll come back, play a little more electronic music. But right now, I want you to give me a call for this uh, for this tickets to Morton Sabotnik for at four one five four one five four one five six four eight seven three two seven. That's four one five six four eight seven three two seven pair of tickets to Morton Sabotnik performing As I Live and Breathe this Thursday. This Thursday, June 23rd, 415-648-7327. Give me a call. Thank you. 
And that's been Falling Leaves, a performance by Morton Sabotnik, commissioned uh, by the, the Aeroporti di Puglia in Italy uh, and was being premiered at the Santa Fe Chamber Music Festival, a live performance um, back in August of 2012. Uh, again, Morton Sabotnik, congratulations to any ticket winners. And again, you can, if you missed this, Mr. Morton Sabotnik will be performing his kind of penultimate, his final or his career summation piece, as he as he put it, um, as I live and breathe a surround sound live AV thing with the um, AV artist uh, Lillivan, his longtime collaborator, and then a half half hour documentary preview of Sabotnik portrait of an electronic music pioneer Thursday, June twenty third. Doors 7, 8 p.m., uh, performance at 8 p.m., movie at 9, down in the Grand, uh, the grand Theater of the Gray Area um, on a mission between 23rd. So you can check that out at grayarea.org if you want need more, um, more information. And I think we're going to go with some more music. Stay tuned for um, the interview with Chief Zion Atunde Adjua, jazz pioneer perhaps in an equal way young young lion as they tend to say but an amazing uh, human and creative force as well thanks again for tuning in this is the friday morning frequencies supporting the arts we're gonna go with another local jazz artist here well not another local jazz artist this is our first local jazz artist of the evening uh mr who's been on this program before mr ambrose akinmasiri and this is from Origami Particle Spectra. Again, thanks for tuning in and check out the Morton Sabotnik concert next Thursday at grayarea.org. And who's this?
And that was Ambrose and Kin with Siri. Particle Spectra from Origami Harvest. Going to move into our Christian Scott segment a little early, just to try to make sure we get as much of this interview in as we can. I was blessed and honored to speak with Chief Zion Atunde Ajua. He's an architect of, of stretch music and new jazz sound and, and really a, a DIY model to try and increase control and, and innovation for musicians in a collective sense. Designer of brass instruments, a new musical instrument, a hybrid uh, West African instrument he calls the Adrobo. We'll, we get into all of this, going to go deep and wide, but I want to let you know again that you know, this is KXSFLP San Francisco, 102.5 FM, a all-volunteer run, all-volunteer-made station, some amazing artists and stuff coming through. We are blessed and honored to have this platform, and we need your help to kind of sustain that. The transmitter is sadly down right now, so it's a big job, and we it's definitely a piece of equipment that needs some delicate and fine tuning and hopefully we'll have it back up there in the heights of Sutro Tower quite soon and we'll be out back on the FM and terrestrial airwaves at 102.5 FM but meanwhile you got us here at kxsf.fm and lots of great programming to come so that being said um, help us out if you can donate check out our website at kxsf.fm an array of amazing podcasts and rewind shows that you can go back and listen to, uh, interview content, uh, reviews content. We have a great newsletter. You can subscribe there at kxsf.fm. So check all that out. But most importantly, if you can, if you have the means, please uh, hit that donate button. And in the background, Songs She Never Heard by Chief Zion Scott Atundiadjua. Uh, from the album Axiom back in 2020. We'll talk some more about that in a second. But I want to take a little moment and tell you what's coming up and give you uh, give some spots out. Uh, this is, of course, KXSF. And come noontime, I'll go off the air and you will be joined by Mr. Daniel Everett, attorney at law, for his Folk Law Radio uh, interviews and uh, understandings about the law and its ramifications on us here in the community, as well as well, as well as this this fine gentleman and extraordinary sonic artist, drawing from his life work, absorbing the vast terrain of all recorded music each week. Gage Kennedy expertly curates bespoke programs which lean rock but reveal connections between genres, eras, continents, and cultures. Plus, he always includes long sections that sound like an old motor sputtering or ominous, crackly, metallic static. It's off the hook. Fridays, 1 to 4 on KXSF LP 102.5. Well, you couldn't go better, better than that. You know, sounds of motor sputtering and left field jazz and some sweet pop music, you know all expertly mixed which is pretty much you know our name the name of our game here at kxsf as eclectic as could be as community as could be so let's finish this out and then we'll join the interview this is again songs she never heard from axiom 
released in 2020 on the heels on the actually on the heels on the beginning of the pandemic the last recorded shows
And that was from Axiom 2020, live at the Blue Note, was Christian Scottatunde Adjua. Now, chief, having been elevated to chiefdom status in the black masking tradition of New Orleans, now chief, Zion Atunde Adjua, the track songs she never heard. You heard the amazing djembe, the djembe fola, Weedy Brahma, ending that track. He'll be as a mainstay in Chief Adjua's band. We'll be there. Uh, this coming this coming uh, Thursday the 23rd again and Friday the 24th at at Yoshi's. We'll have tickets later probably this is a long interview so I'm gonna play a spot take care of that business um, but again we'll have tickets probably around I don't know I'm gonna take a break probably around 11:20 or so. And uh, giveaway tickets. I was just looking to see what night that was and didn't pull it up. So, uh, what night is it? Ah, here it is. Uh, yeah, that's the Thursday night late show, 10 p.m. Uh, but not yet. I'm going to listen to some of the interview and uh, play some of the music. This is going to be a feature now for the next little while listening to the alt take of Guinevere in the background as we go into the interview. So thanks again for tuning in to KXSFLP San Francisco 102.5 FM. Inshallah, we, we hope. And now beginning with this. In interview and a deep and long conversation with Chief Adua. And your, your last award-winning album, Axiom, was, was from a live session back in, back in March 10th of 2020 at, the, at the New York's famed Blue Note. Your band, I mean, really playing with a passion, it felt like, as, as COVID-19 locked us all down in a, in a difficult moment. So you're months back into touring now, how does it feel to be back, you know, in the world and with audiences and interacting in that way? That's that's unique. You know, it, it's it's really uh, refreshing to just have the opportunity to interact with the music. You know, mm. we've, um, you know, generally I don't have any downtime, and and pretty much until that moment in March of 2020, um, there had been consistent touring on my part since 1997. Right. So even when I was, you know, coming into high school, you know, I was on the road a lot and playing with a bunch of, you know, New Orleanian bands. And, you know, once I got to Berkeley, started my own record label and then was playing with different groups, my Uncle Donald's band, McCoy Tyner's band. And so even in moments where, uh, you know, you would think there would be some breaks, I never really had them for almost, you know, a 22 year period, something like that. And um, so having, you know, I appreciated having the opportunity to to, to have respite and to um, to to reevaluate some of the things that that we've been trying to communicate. Um, but there's nothing like uh, having the uh, the opportunity uh, to try and translate and communicate and complicate things from our experience, you know, and to relate those things to what the audience members and listening listeners are experiencing. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's um. I think it's especially given what we've all kind of um, had to traverse in the last couple of years, um, you know, seeing folks on the other side of it, 
you know, hold joy and, and, you know, articulate the kinds of things that, that you did in the, the opening of the call um, about their experiences, you know, coming to the concerts, you know, there's, there's really nothing like that. You can't reproduce that, you know, yeah. practicing at home. Right. Yeah. Or even, <laughs> or even with the big band, right. Obviously that you still have, you may still have like maybe the intercommunal moments, but I think part of the power and the efficacy in this music lies in its ability to, to help uh, people see each other. And uh, that can be a very mm. difficult thing to build if people don't see each other, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, so, so it's, it's, it's been great. And, and we have um, three new records that are going to be coming out at the top of 23. Oh, wow. um, technically four records. One record is, is kind of a, you know, a big mashup of a bunch of different remix content and material from, from this new body of work. First record is called Bark Out Thunder, Roll Rod Lightning, and it uh, kind of um, uh, looks to hybridize the methodologies that seeded the blues with the ones that existed in the Mississippi and Louisiana Delta region, you know, at the turn of the last century with stretch music. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I created a new instrument over COVID called Chief Audio's Bow. There's an acoustic and an electric one. It's essentially like a 21st century corollary to like the types of West African double-sided harps that are the kind of harmonic roots to uh, uh, root instruments to what became the blues in the Americas. Mm. And, um, you know, the, none of that would have happened um, if I hadn't had the break, right? Because there's all these things that we're interested uh, in as practitioners and also people that are kind of um, heavily uh, into sort of ethnomusicological sort of uh, uh, approach to limitless fusion, mm -hmm. <laughs> for lack of a better way of putting it, you know? So, 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 you know, Having the break not only allowed us to um, to have to find some respite and to also reevaluate some different things, but to also uh, to um, to birth new uh, approaches, to birth new instruments. To, you know, it's to like when I think when people see this show coming up in twenty three, um, you know, is most of the things that you're going to be looking at are going to be either things that you know, come from centuries ago, some instruments from the 13th century, you know, 14th century, that time period, to things that are just being ideated and created in this moment. But having the time to take a breath and to look around and to try and figure out what was going to be required to effectively communicate uh, with audiences uh, have birthed some really cool uh, new things. So I'm looking forward to for people to, to be exposed to that, to have that experience. Chief Zian... Atunde Ajua in in uh, conversation. It is just about eleven o'clock, and you're listening to KXSFLP San Francisco, one hundred two point five FM. I'm going to take care of a spot, as I meant to do earlier, and uh, we'll be back into the interview and some new music from from the band and from uh, Chief Ajua. But first, this. Thanks for tuning in to KXSFLP San Francisco. Support for KXSF comes from Mr. Musichead, the ultimate music gift shop serving Los Angeles and the world since 1998. Mr. Musichead specializes in art that celebrates music, including paintings, photos, drawings, sculptures, prints, and concert posters. You can order online or schedule an appointment to visit their Sunset Boulevard location at mrmusichead.com. Thanks for supporting KXSF. Indeed, thank you. And if you can, hit that donate button. 
Uh, I'm going to play one more spot just to get this out of the way. But again, this is KXSFLP San Francisco 102.5 FM. It is precisely 11 o'clock and 57 seconds. Generous support of KXSF San Francisco Community Radio comes from Charles Neal Selections. Since 1998, San Francisco-based Charles Neal Selections has been an importer and distributor of fine wines and spirits for wholesalers, retail stores, and restaurants across 17 states. Learn more about Charles Neal's focus on imports from family-owned operations throughout France by visiting the website at charlesnealselections.com. Thanks for your support. This is Chief Zion Atunde Adjua, and you're listening to KXSF San Francisco 102.5. How's my um, radio voice? Your radio voice is impeccable, <laughs> man. You, 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 are you a performer? You've done this before. <laughs> they're, they're looking at something. You've talked the description of it merging the West African Donso and Goni, the, mm-hmm. the talking about the, the Ajuabo, the Kora, and an electric mm-hmm. guitar, I guess, in the electric yeah. version, adding pickups. Um, mm-hmm. How how do you how do you feel playing that? I mean, it must be an amazing it's, kind of it's, thing to hybridize it's and and, so and be there. It looks like it. <laughs> yeah, it's so much fun, and it's you know, it's it's like I think because you know I, I'm growing up and born in a very specific em- environment where like the approach to learning to play uh, the seated music is very, the only corollary that I can think of for it is to, you know, like being a Jedi Padawan or something like that. Right. <laughs> it can, it can like be that um, in new Orleans and certain coffers, it can be that um, sacred. It can be that piously reacted to, you know, kind of closed in a lot of ways, right? Mm-hmm. Even though it's, you know, the music is uh, traditionally, it's a, a fusion form in terms of the way we actually learn the music. So much of it is about learning in canon and learning the contributions of the great masters in a, in a very particular way to, to figure out what it is that you want to say. Mm-hmm. And so the approach to learning the trumpet was so different in that it's like, you know, I start at 11 years old um, in my neighborhood. I was very late. You know, the kids would be like, you'll never be able to play. You're too old, <laughs> but you're 11, you know, <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> at least the day I got it, I was 11, you know? <laughs> and, um, and so um, once I started to train, it became exactly that. Right. So it's, you, you, you know, the only thing that I can liken it to is, you know, like my grandfather was a prize fighter, the great chief was a prize fighter as well. So it's like a similar thing where it's like you get up every day and you start to sharpen that thing. Right. So it's like pretty much from when I'm 11 to when I'm almost 22 years old, I'm up at 530 AM. I practice a few hours before I get into anything. Eventually I have to develop like polyphasic sleeping and all these different techniques to try and get as many hours in as possible. This is at the, this is as like a junior high school, middle school student, by the way. Right. So, so it was a very, very serious, rigorous thing from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas uh, having the ability to sort of audit the, the sort of West African cultural spaces where this music actually comes from and, and, and touching these instruments and developing the relationship with the Babas and some of the masters in those spaces and developing that kind of thread Firstly, I could feel the ancestral memory in the mechanism and the template when I played it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, immediately, there was a 
their the ability to actually create and hold on to what was being created was there. Um, but what I loved the most about it was the opportunity to be a beginner again in a completely different way, right? Uh, to be a beginner again in a way that also allowed me to sort of uh, uh, embrace possibility, uh, to, 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 to try and figure out a way to build a, not just an instrument, but a methodology and a technique and a way of approaching this kind of instrument that could actually seed and foster development in the American side of the, of, of the blues as well. Right. Yep. So we're, we're going to be releasing these instruments. And, you know, when when the records come out at the top of at the top of 23, they will also be releasing these instruments for people to be able to purchase the acoustic audio, chief audio's bowls and the, the gold and uh, sort of uh, electric ones, because the idea is to 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 try and create new methodologies that are more firmly rooted in the excavation of where the music actually comes from. Mm, right. And so to be able to do that, you know, it requires that you know, we don't just present the instrument, but that we also give people the ability to be able to create and tell their own story through it as well, right? So having the opportunity to be a beginner, and, um, you know, I've found that um, the way that my body actually...
And that was from the upcoming album, the title track, Bark Out, Thunder, Rollout, Lightning, featuring the Ajua bow and featuring the drumming of Bay Area Native, who you'll hear at Yoshi's next Thursday and uh, Friday evenings at Yoshi's. You will hear uh, the drumming of Ely Salif Howell, uh, up-and-coming young drummer on the Bay Area scene. But we'll get into that, and this is KXSF, the Friday Morning Frequencies, in interview with Chief Zion Atunde Ajua. The instrument is like the polar opposite of the way I actually approach the trumpet, right? I hear yeah. the trumpet in the expression when I'm singing and all of these things, right. but the types of um, sort of cultural misnomers and sort of pressures that are requisite when one is considered to to be one of the the premier practitioners in a culture of music that is as challenging and and daunting as expressing in uh creative improvised music it can be um and especially also having uh growing up with the with the kind of uh sort of pedigreed situation that i i grew up in where it's like there's there's this uh you know pretty much i'm 12 years old and the expectation is that i should be able to play like clifford brown right right and so so as a little boy right so it's mm. like um so what's been fun is also showing the other younger musicians that are coming into the band now of, of one a few of them are actually from the bay but one in particular Eli Howe who's a young drummer you know from out there yep and um from San, born in San Francisco and um you know now he's his interest in creating new instruments and we're working with drum companies and doing all of these things and it's like what it's actually opening up for the the community and the group uh, at large is also really cool too, because it's, the entire approach is becoming more about narrative and story and effectively communicating more so than like the the, the more uh, pious and more Jedi kind of approach to the, uh, to jazz. Right. Mm-hmm. It does feel like it's part of a broader that you started with stretch music and. Uh, you know, a, a broader project in a way of mm-hmm. going back to those roots and decolonizing the music in a way. I mean, of like mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. of of creating modern music, the people and new and and really making it a fully American music, really. Right. Well, it's it. it mm-hmm. I I think it's um, paramount that we evaluate the utility and some of the sort of pejorative and belittling ideas that. Um, Western cultures can hold about deeply rhythmic music, right? right because right. you know, more often than not, when we're saying that, sometimes it can also be a corollary to to saying black music, mm. right? Or yeah. you know, and so it's um, it for me, it was it was never, you know, the idea behind and the rationale behind approaching decolonizing the sounds wasn't had nothing to do with how the general listener is processing the music most people are not coming into the space with that kind of stuff in mind right but but as someone that grew up learning to play music in conservatory kind of kinds of spaces Mm -hmm. um there are uh there are some very very heavy uh and layered um and so, and sometimes pretty sophisticated approaches to uh, 
sort of uh, guiling people into walking away from what's valuable in all human beings form of expressing musically. Mm -hmm. And that's tragic, you know, and uh, for me, you know, the, the point was always that, um, you know, yes, all cultures are going to have priorities in terms of what it is that they per are perceiving uh, in expressions, mm -hmm. but to have the opportunity to live in a space that has so many different cultural perspectives and so many different approaches to, to, to creating meaning. Um, I think it is paramountly important that we reconsider the way that we actually disseminate information about all of these different, these like sort of seemingly disparate cultural groups of music, because the, the more you learn about and the more you try to apply the things that come from all those cultural perspectives, the more that you can see the humanity in all of it. The more that you can see that actually unifying everyone in one understanding, which is that every human being's ability to create meaning and narrative and story and 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 help people sort of traverse the things that they're going through in those experiences. Um, all cultures of people have very, 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 very great ways of doing that. And mm -hmm. that there's a utility in wanting to learn and understand those things because ultimately it just helps you help others get past the things that we all go through, right? Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're born with, with brown or tan skin and brown eyes or or, or white skin and, and blue eyes or green eyes or none of those things matter. If, if, if you and I get to talking about what we're experiencing out here, we'll both find that we both uh, love. We both find that we have a capacity for, you know, to, for love. We both find out that we also suffer, mm -hmm. right? So why not approach sound and music from the way the the perspective that says well yes uh the my particular way of culturally communicating that thing may have an efficacy as in, in so far as you know how it can relate to how people in my culture are going to interpret those things it's just the same as like i can go into any any general uh, church in New Orleans, it doesn't matter if it's a Baptist church, a Pentecostal church, a Catholic church, any of those kinds of things. And the way that you say amen is going to solicit a certain type of reaction, right? Mm -hmm. yep. But 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 the, the point is, is that developing the ability to be able to walk into a mosque in Istanbul and, and to do that and to, uh, and to walk into any kind of space as an example of worship and to immediately be able to to uh, relate to the people in that space on a human level right. um, and, and trying to figure out the ways to be able to do that through excavating what actually is of value in terms of the way that they communicate is, is going to become more vital because if, also if we look around, the world is getting smaller. <laughs> right right so it's like there's yeah. no more garage bands anymore if we're being honest right mm -hmm. and if you listen to the music if you just go through itunes today for 10 hours and listen to every culture of music culture is is being said in quotation marks you know right now mm -hmm. of music you're going to hear mixing right so it's like it that has already happened so the the point for us is to essentially just prime the canvas in a way to where future generations at least have some sort of template that they can go to that at least on a uh, sonic architectural level, you know, that's the, the sort of uh, the, the environment of sound, right. uh, vernacular and language based way uh, as well, 
uh, have templates and guides to be able to to potentially follow to being able to understand how to mix these things comprehensively, right? Yeah. So it's like it's one thing to just fuse music, but to fuse music in a way where it's like, well, yes, we're fusing this music with this rhythm that comes from Cuba, but we can go to Cuba and play this rhythm with any of the greatest bands there, and they know that we really understand. That's a completely different way of fusing music, right? That's not right. just saying, well, I like this sound and this rhythm sounds good with this and let's put a guitar over it and now it's fusion, right? right. That's completely different than being able to say, well, no, this form of Kaskara comes from the north. This way of actually approaching that bell pattern is actually different in the southeast. And when they play bombo with it, it actually sounds frighteningly similar to this sound, which actually is an Angolan rhythm. Right. And right. So, so to have that kind of approach to it, I think, is is going to become vital because it, it's also important for us as uh, as practitioners at this kind of level and kind of approaching different kind of spaces of mastery to also be able to disseminate that information to the younger people that are coming up as well. So this is why the comprehensive approach is so uh, paramount in this moment. Stood for, while we sat and watched. 
stood in that moment. And fear rose. She looked at it inside. And it felt her. Colonized, decolonializing sounds. Mm-hmm. The 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 natural reaction to that from from folks that may not be initiated into to the sort of musical conservatory kind of space in terms of how that language is used right. is is not about uh, lifting or severing it from its proximity to uh, to to European cultures of music and sound either, right? right? The idea is just that everything has a value and that the value distinctions that we generally uh, are 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 superimposing into our, these expressions actually create um, deficient communicators and storytellers right right? so so that that's a really important um distinction as well yes there are inherent sort of uh sort of uh racial issues in this in this context and when we're speaking about this just because that's the history of it right Right. but the point is is the unification of all of these seemingly disparate cultural groups into one understanding is is about walking away from all of those kinds of energies and recognizing that we all have value. And so in order to do that, it has to be done as evenly as possible, right? And they are not purely communicating musically, are not purely rooted in this sort of hyper-racial approach to actually dealing with 21st century music. What it actually deals with is creating a moment where people have the ability to express themselves without value distinctions and sort of old world colonial energies being superimposed onto them. But it's not being made in darkness. It's a space that's being made so there's more light. Exactly. So to trying to be um, transformative really with it and and not from a supremacist or right on the other side you know it's about it's about creating the transformation in music that we're trying to see in the world in a way it feels like to me i read your work and listen to your work well you know and you bring something really i think valuable up right because i think a lot of times in this in this particular context even when you use the word supremacist Mm. um a lot of times the the 
cultures, the practitioners that come from the root cultures of this music, the black culture in this music, um, sometimes they also hold those types of views about other cultures encroaching into a jazz space, right? right? So, so part of the point that I'm making as well is that like it. I am a person that doesn't believe that that those kinds of lines should be drawn about a human being's ability to be able to express, right? Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I am also a person that says like, if I have students that are coming up and they say that they are playing bebop, they can't play post-bop to me and expect my reaction to be good job, well done, yeah. right? Because these cultures and expressions are languages and they have histories and those things are very important. They should be honored and respected. Right. But at the same time, it's not my expectation that that kid is going to spend their life essentially pantomiming Charlie Parker's contribution. Right. Exactly. It's, the idea is to be able to use that information to apply it, to be able to tell the best story that you can about what you're experiencing and what you are seeing. But more often than than I think a lot of people would like to say, um, you would be, you'd be surprised how often the musicians from the some of the root cultural groups in American music actually don't like the music, you know, being mixed up, right? right. And so I think it also is important to, to, to speak to, you know, if I were speaking about decolonizing the space, that that means a myriad of things, but also it, it there are uh, colonial energies that exist around, and when I say colonial energies, really what I'm talking about is uh, blatant value distinctions that are mm -hmm. unmerited. Right. right is really what I mean, and anyone can do that. Right, that's not. Mm -hmm. It's not. That's not one cultural group that's doing that. It it can be anyone that does that. So it's a, there's a utility in breaking that down because it, it actually stops us from moving forward. Yeah. But but at the end of the day, what we're talking about should be should be always reduced to to us dealing with the fact that the human family is beautiful and our opportunity to embrace that makes the world better. To me. In conversation with Chief Zion Atunde Adua, we heard before this from 2019's Ancestral Recall, the shared stories of rivals Keita, featuring Saul Williams, and now from 2017's Emancipation Procrastination, the title track, Time for Tickets. I got a set of tickets to The Late Show on Thursday, 10 p.m. 10 p.m. Uh, Thursday, June 23rd. Give me a call, 415-648-7327. 415-648-7327 to hear the amazing band of Christian, well, now Zion Chief, Zion Atunde Ajua. And we'll be back to the interview in a minute. Give me a call, 415-648-7327, The Emancipation Procrastination.
you push sound design and instrument innovation in your trumpets as well. And I was, mm -hmm. I went back and I looked at this amazing, cause I really wanted to sort of get my head around your innovations in, in the creation of the trumpets, the mm -hmm. Isadora and siren mm -hmm. trumpets, the reverse uh, uh, flugel. Um, mm -hmm. and, and just, it was really one of the things you said in one of these and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you said you, you never, initially back back when you were 11 or 12 never really liked the didn't trumpet. want it yeah wanted didn't, like didn't didn't want the brass wanted to play sax but you wanted mm -hmm. to play more and you wanted to, I wanted to play with my own road yep. yeah <laughs> yeah i love that and so but then you fell in love with the tone i mean clearly i mean oh i fell in love deep you, you were born yeah. for this instrument in a certain oh way, thank you know? You. Yeah. you know it's it's is so much of it's my uncle donald man you know and um I'm looking forward to touring some more with him coming up because, you know, it's been almost a decade since we really got in. He's making, we have a Sony Hall show coming up this Friday. And, um, but, you know, so much of, um, of, of my relationship to the instrument early on and all of these things is really just comes, comes with me wanting to hang out with and be around and learn from my uncle Donald, you know, um, my grandfather was an avid jazz listener, had arguably the largest collection of jazz recordings in Louisiana, gifted thousands of records to the New Orleans Center for Creative Arts, just as I started to play the trumpet, <laughs> right? So he held some out for me, but it's like, you know, we would dig through records and all of these things. And it's like, I, um, the fluidity um, and sort of the um, lyricism that existed in, in, in the saxophonist's approach Mm -hmm. um i always appreciated and liked as a younger person before i played the instrument and um you know growing up you know i would i would be underfoot with my uncle donald and you know it's it seemed like any environment that he went into is like he was always so masterful even as a very young man you know he was, was you know i would hang out with him and you know be hanging and you know a person like miles might call him or person like as a little boy you know i'm a little boy in this house and he's talking to these kinds of folks and 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 you can feel that they're tight you know and so it's like even as a little kid before i played music those po people were the coolest people in the world to me because my i'm around my grandfather all the time and i'm seeing their records so i'm no i know who he's talking to i'm not confused you know <laughs> and um and so i really just wanted to be around him i was just so enamored and impressed with him and um you know, I always liked the straight saxophone and um, the straight alto mainly. And and most guys that are playing my band, they will all tell you, any saxophonist that's played in my band will tell you, pretty much all of them, I bought straight saxophones. Mm. I play this and, and none of them have come around to it. I think Logan Richardson is dealing with one now and he's finally falling in love because, mm. because the nature of the instrument is so different because the bell doesn't curve up to where you can hear the signal cl uh, as clearly. Mm. The bell is pointing more towards the ground. So a lot of them aren't into it. But So that was the instrument that I had kind of picked out for myself. That's sound right but um as i started to hang a little bit more and get older and kind of uh, grow into my chest a little bit you know i when i decided i wanted to play went to a primary care doctor and my brother and i have an identical twin brother kyle mm -hmm. uh, we had bronchial asthma as children mm -hmm. and uh the doctor told me the only instrument that i could never play was the trumpet oh 
and there's uh, a challenge you know, for a teenager. Yes, that's it. You know, I'm like, I'm like <laughs> 10 or 11. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm not really the, the you know, I'm uh, definitely an Aries and there's two of me, you know, so like, <laughs> so it's like, you can't tell me I can't do something. And even as a little kid, it was like, well, all right, well, I'm going to show him. I'll come back in here and play the, you know, West End Blues on this trumpet at some point. Excellent. And, um, and so, so I picked the instrument and, you know, part of the calculus was that if I play the sister instrument to the saxophone, then um, I'll if I get good enough, my uncle will potentially start to train me. Mm. Right. And so uh, about four months into me getting the instrument, you know, my, my mother is a musician, you know, in her youth as well. She was a classical bassoonist, uh, really, really great. At, you know, everyone in my family has to play at some point. So my aunts played flute and clarinet. My grandmother's a musician, obviously, my great, great my grandfather's mm. a singer, you know, in, in the traditional context. So everyone played music. And I was my cousin Brian and I in the same year were the first ones to depart from reeds everyone in my family is we were you know one of the great new orleanian families in music but I, everyone's a readist until yeah. me right so so yeah so when i picked it you know the kids were like you'll never be able to play any of these things you're too old and all these things and uh, uh i want to say my first lesson with my uncle donald i went to his house and he pulled out a pocket real book which is basically has you know most of the, the standards and tunes in this music but the thing is no bigger than your hand is Right. So he pulls out this song that was composed by Miles Davis. And, you know, usually Charlie Parker gets credited to it, to it. But it's Miles' song. It's called Donna Lee, mm -hmm. which is very, very, very. I'm going to give it five varies. Very, very difficult. <laughs> right. Yep. And um, it's like the litmus test, really, for whether or not you can really deal. And, um, the, you know, in this pocket real book, it just looked like a Rorschach. Right. Because mm -hmm. the notes are splattered right. together there. And, and it's also in E flat, which is the alto saxophone key. You know, not, I play a trumpet, which is in B flat. And uh, he leaves it with me. He says, you know, I'll give you five minutes to deal with that and then I'll be right back. Now, I barely learned to clap rhythms and read that all five minutes I took. And I'm in there. He says when he came into the room, I was dripping wet, sweating. He could feel the nerves, but I was trying to figure it out, trying to figure mm -hmm. out how to, which notes were which and everything. And you know, he played through it, you know, and improvised and all of these things. And and it was very clear to me that uh, the expectation and the level uh, that was going to be requisite to walk with him uh, was going to take all of my attention and all of my concentration. But one of the things I learned from him in that moment is that, you know, he would, he would always say you have to fall in love with the process.
people are going to want to walk away from and that are traumatic about the experience are the things that you have to figure out a way to trick your mind into loving. Right. Right. So it's like you play the trumpet, you know, most people that, that know, know, you know, for, for some of the greatest players to achieve some of the things that you're hearing, they cutting their mouth or they're ripping their mouth up every night. Mm -hmm. Some the teeth are firing. They, the cuts are so deep, you know, it's immediately sending signals, nerves are being, all these things are happening the entire time. I used spitting blood on the side of stages and all of these things. And so, you know, to, to want to wake up and, and to practice to, because you can't practice not to do that. You have to practice to be able to deal with that mm. level of trauma, specifically with the trumpet. So it's like, as a 11 year old, figuring out that, you know, the, the next 40 years of my life was gonna be waking up six days a week at 5.30 to be able to get that kind of situation done. Now I don't have to practice quite as long the muscle memory and all those things, but there are other things that I have to do because, you know, I'm getting older, right? So I'm yeah. 39 this year. So it's like, I wake up now and every other day, I try and make sure that I get a 90 minute workout. I jump the mm -hmm. rope because I'm, you know, at the end of the day, my lungs are still what they are. They're still derivative of those bronchial asthma lungs, right? Most mm -hmm. people don't think about that, right? Yeah. And so I have to keep my, my lungs open. I have to jump 45 minutes every other day, <laughs> yeah. pretty much forever to keep my <laughs> lung capacity at a space that actually yeah. makes sense to be able to approach the instrument. So it's, it is a vastly different relationship than the relationship to what's being built with the bow stuff. Right. right? So, and, and, and I enjoy the balance in this moment, but it was, it was something that was taught to me that that wasn't something that was in, in naturally in my nature. That was a part of my nurture. I was trained to, to be able to do that, you know? Well, you've really pushed the sound design and instrument innovation. I mean, that um, mm. video was amazing to watch and your interaction with Adam's trumpet, uh, the Oof. trumpet maker. My guys. Yeah, yeah it seems Adam. like it. And, and, we and, twist them up, huh? Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> and, and, t talk about that process. It seems like you really pushed your, that's part of your push and your innovation to create these new instruments, to find new tones, to mm -hmm. to work that out. Maybe you could talk to me a little bit about that. Oh, well, we part. relish in having the opportunity yeah. to create something that allows you to be able to communicate differently, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So it's like, just to give an example, it's like, you know, part of the reason that we uh, revere and view Louis Armstrong in the way that we do, in addition to, you know, him arguably being the template for, you know, the, the, the 20th and 21st century concept of a solo, <laughs> right? So right. like all of these things. But one of the one of the main markers is the switch to the trumpet. Before Louis Armstrong, you can't go back and look at music from the 1890s in that region and see trumpet written on those records. That's very rare, mm. right? The cornet was the king in that moment, right? right. right? So, so part, of, part of the idea was is that it wasn't just what it was that he was able to, to achieve and play with it but, but, or communicate with the instrument, but the approach has to be different. Any, any little turn in that pipe is going to create some, a different level of resistance, a different level of all of these things. Mm -hmm. So the idea for us was to try and create a wide array of models that, that hybridize certain um, sort of character build outs in the preceding instruments mm -hmm. in ways that you would never see in, in, in those instruments in a, in a normal music store, right? right so right. it's like the Ajua trumpet 
is essentially, you know, we also refer to it as a reverse flugelhorn, mm-hmm. right? But it's it's got a trumpet's receiver and a trumpet's mouthpiece, but the body of a flugelhorn, which is a conical instrument, meaning it from the very beginning to the very end of it is always growing, mm-hmm. right? Which affects the sound, right? right? This one has two deep shepherd's crooks, almost looks like a figure eight, mm-hmm. right? But that allows me to play an instrument, of, essentially a flugelhorn body type, which traditionally the flugelhorn has a very limited range, right? right? Maybe, you know, four octaves, but you know, you know, on my version of it, you can play damn near five octaves clean mm-hmm. because we took the time to actually try and figure out what little things we can do to, to be able to get to Dizzy Gillespie's language on the flugelhorn, mm-hmm. right? So, so those sorts of things, and it's applicable to all the horns, right? The siren, the sirenet, uh, those are like hybrids of flugels and flugels and cornets, but, uh, but the siren is in a trumpet's template, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, but the, 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 the one that I enjoy playing the most, and that is certainly, you know, when any, anyone plays my horn, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, Terrence or Winton or Nick, any of these guys, they come and play my horn. They're like, you know, they're always like, you're crazy. <laughs> because, <laughs> because, you know, the horn is built to have no resistance. Right. So most of how we we play in the upper register on the trumpet is based on you fighting the instruments resistance right so that last turn at the bell you know there's some fight there so it's like you're you're pushing up against something to be able to play a double g or you know mm-hmm. triple c these these notes my horn is built for me to be able to get inside the horn and to create seven or eight different textual realities in it so that I can complicate and play stories in a way that's different than what you hear in the traditional canon and, and this music, right? So it's different techniques, whispering, all these things. Some techniques are about prioritizing breath over vibration at the mouthpiece. Mm-hmm. Other techniques require me feigning phrases through chest air and, and and what we call frogging which is like sort of pockets or reservoirs for holding air that are like in you know in, in, in your throat reality mm. but you know we take i take i may take a really deep phrase and allow air to warm up in my diaphragmic spaces and when i release that air because the temperature is warmer is going to rub the inner workings of the brass differently which is going to make it sound differently right. so there are all these different approaches that we are able to develop just because we mm. were just because i lifted the last bell angle up two degrees and created mm. a seamless mouthpiece right? right now yeah i can play in the same range as all of these guys as well but that took almost a decade of working that up because there is no resistance like talking about it in this horn, right? right. So, so it, it's it's not just in terms, you know, a lot of people look at them and because they look so cool and it matches kind of, you know, my general aesthetic, if you will, mm-hmm. but it, it's that's not really what we're up to, right? So the mm-hmm. point is, is that some some there are kids in this generation now that are learning on these instruments and their approach to playing and their sounds sound completely different than what kids sounded like 20, 15, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Just because the nature of the instrument is so different so those things really interest me to, to be able to contribute those kinds of moments and and you know and again we're really priming the canvas yeah There's someone that's going to be because ultimately we're doing so much of this stuff through you know we have a company
You're listening to KXSF LP San Francisco, an artist feature on Chief Zion Atunde Adjua. He used to be fully named Christian Scott. This was a very long interview with a lot of depth and a lot of stuff. Um, he talked a lot about his name change. It was a full 10 minutes sort of getting into identity and naming. And um, I'm sadly not going to be able to air that part. But maybe tune into my Frequency Uplift show and I'll uh, hit it again on Sunday night. And uh, we'll delve into it a little more. You're listening to From the Axiom album live at the Blue Note in New York just at the beginning of the pandemic as things literally shut down around them. Uh, the band, including Weedy Brema, including uh, Elena Pinderhughes on flute, including uh, including uh, the sax player Alex Han, of course the Jembe Fola, Weedy Brema, pianist Lawrence Fields, bassist Chris Fun, drummer Corey Fonville, most of whom with the exception of the drummer, I believe, will be up at Yoshi's this coming Thursday and Friday, the 23rd and 24th next week. Uh, uh, congratulations to the ticket winner and excited to see that show myself. But uh, I want to finish this, get a little spot in, thank uh, Underwriter, and then come back to a last snippet of the interview. Thanks, thanks again if... Uh, I doubt he's listening. He's in New York playing at the Sony Hall with his uh, Uncle Donald Harrison. And, uh, but uh, thanks to Chris, uh, to Zion Scott Atunde Adjua for coming through. Again, thanks to Not Human and representing Morton Sabotnik, who came through in the first uh, 20 minutes of the show. You tune into Frequency Uplift, may have some more tickets for that down the road. And uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's give some thanks to... Uh, supporting KXSF if you can we are all volunteer all community based and uh, need your support check us out at kxsf.fm and, and uh, thanks to these guys support for KXSF comes from Open Mind Music a haven for record lovers since 1994 Henry at Open Mind believes music soothes the soul inspires change and makes us move find a wide variety from ABBA to Zappa funk to punk, bebop to hip-hop, including new and used LPs, vintage turntables, local art, and your chance to meet Roxy the Doxy. Come find your groove in record time at Open Mind Music, 5521 College Avenue near Rockridge Bart in Oakland. And we'll step back into the interview for just a minute and uh, get ready for Folk Law Radio. Mr. Daniel Everett, attorney at law at noon. Here's this. The stuff that you saw with the Gregosian stuff that that basically kind of moves between duo and quartet, you know, mm -hmm. in, in some spaces, there is the stretch music group, which is normally a sextet or a septet, mm -hmm. and uh, then there's a, a band that we're building called Sound Car from Legend, which deals with some of the music from this newer record that's going to come out, which is you know it can be anywhere between 13 to 15 pieces, wow. right? And um, and the young, uh, you know. 
the young man is is in all of the different groups, mm. right? And um, speaking about know, Eli, how uh, you know, I met him when he was about five or six years old. His father used to bring him to our sets at Yoshi's when he was small, so he'll definitely be there. But first time he played with me, he was six years old. The first day we met him, Excellent. he was at Yoshi's and uh, he, he was running around backstage, and we kept seeing this like little blur moving around as we were <laughs> doing the sound check, you know. Yeah. And obviously, Baba Howe, his father, you know. For, for us has always been like you know he's like one of those jedi masters right so yeah. so we saw you know we there's this little boy running around and i get off the stage at the sound check and i go back into my room and he's in my horn case going through my bag looking at it. he's like what's this what's this and i'm like whose baby is this you know? <laughs> and um and mm. you know he he was like i've been listening to the records and i love your music and i'm ready to be in the band you know and you know that kind of thing and so before the gig started, as we we're walking on the stage, I figured I'd scare him a little bit. I said, you ready? And he said, yeah, what do y'all want to play? <laughs> so I called him up and uh, he played uh, Footprints with us, which is very difficult yeah. for a six-year-old. He couldn't even sit on the throne. He's six six now, but he had to stand and play the drums then he was so little. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we've been grooming him since he was six years old and, um, you know, his approach and what it is that he's gotten together, you know, I, I think he's 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 going to be uh, one of the great young lights in this music coming up, and you know, certainly has all the technique in the world and curiosity and his forward thinking. But it, it's it's his commitment to the past of the music and wanting to learn as many different cultures uh, as po- a way of approaching improvising as possible that makes him an extremely formidable player uh, in this moment. And, and you know, it's also from the Bay Area, some more Pender Hughes who just put his record mm-hmm. out on Stretch Music Out label. He's, he's gonna be making some work with us and doing some opening coming up as well. And Elena Pender Hughes, who obviously, you know, was featured and introduced on the Stretch Music recording has, and has kind of been my uh, partner in crime, at least in the front line of, uh, of our Stretch Music groups for almost a decade now so so there's a lot of bay in there oh yeah yeah a lot of bay in there and i'm running over it is noon kxsflp san francisco stay tuned for daniel everett i have one last track that'll send him out sunrise in beijing thanks for tuning in to the chief adua special This is Chief Zion Atunde Adua, and you're listening to KXSF San Francisco 102.5.